Welcome to episode 20 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and spend a few minutes talking about what makes that object so interesting to astronomers. So, let's run the random number generator. The coordinates from the random number generator for this episode are 17 hours, 57 minutes, 4.0 seconds for ascension, and negative 18 degrees, 59 minutes, 6 seconds declination. These coordinates point to the open cluster Messier 23, also known as M23 or NGC 6494, in the constellation Sagittarius. This is one of the either 109 or 110 objects in the Messier catalog, which is a very famous catalog of star clusters, nebulae, galaxies, and a few other fuzzy looking objects. This is the first time that the random number generator has selected one of the Messier catalog objects, and I believe that deserves a round of applause. This catalog has been popular with both amateur and professional astronomers. Keep in mind that when I refer to amateur astronomers, I am not referring to astronomers who are inexperienced or unskilled, but instead to people who are not paid for astronomy research, but who like to stargaze or to use telescopes to observe the sky as a hobby. Some of these amateur astronomers have very good technical skills and very good equipment, and probably understand the night sky much better than your average professional astronomer. Anyway, back to the Messier catalog. The catalog was composed by Charles Messier in the 1700s. He was originally interested in spotting comets, which was the cool thing to do in the 1700s if you were into astronomy. In a telescope from this time period, comets look like fuzzy objects that move relative to stars in the background. However, Messier began spying fuzzy objects that didn't move relative to background stars, and this really annoyed him. So he began keeping notes on the locations of these fake comets. While he did go on to discover several comets, most people are much more interested in his catalog of comet rejects, which turned out to be way more impressive. Today, the catalog attracts a lot of attention from amateur astronomers of all skill levels because this list includes some of the brightest types of star clusters, galaxies, and nebulae in the sky. In professional research, some of the most intensely studied astronomical objects are things from the Messier catalog, and this includes M1, which is the supernova remnant, also known as the Crab Nebula, M31, also known as the Andromeda Galaxy, M42, which is also known as the Orion Nebula, and M51, also known as the Whirlpool Galaxy. 
M23 specifically was identified by Charles Messier in 1764. As I indicated before, M23 is an open cluster, which means that it consists of a number of stars that formed at the same time and that have remained loosely gravitationally bound to each other since the cluster and the stars formed. Older references indicate that this cluster has somewhere between 100 and 200 stars, but a very recent analysis based on data from the Gaia spacecraft identified 789 stars that probably belong to the cluster. The distance to the cluster is around 2,360 light years or 725 parsecs. It's a little tricky to actually describe the size of an open cluster because they don't have well-defined edges, but half the stars fall within the region with a diameter in physical units of 24 light years or 7.4 parsecs, but as we see it in the sky, it covers an area of about 0.6 degrees. For comparison, the Sun and the Moon, as seen from Earth, are both about 0.5 degrees in size, so the stars in M23 are spread over a slightly larger area of the sky. The cluster, as well as all of the stars in the cluster, are about 480 million years old. As an amateur astronomy target, M23 attracts a fair amount of attention. It frequently makes its way into lists of the 20 best open clusters to observe. However, I have to admit that I don't recall ever observing M23 myself. When I look at this part of the sky with an amateur telescope, I normally get distracted by other things in this part of the constellation Sagittarius, like the Lagoon Nebula, which is also called M8, and the Trifid Nebula, which is also called M20. To find M23, I recommend looking for the Teapot, which is a mini-constellation, or technically asterism, in the constellation Sagittarius, and then looking about 11.5 degrees north-northwest from the star at the tip of the spout in the Teapot, which is called Gamma Sagittarii. Alternately, if you can find the Lagoon Nebula, try looking about 5.5 degrees north-northwest from that. When the average person stretches out his or her hands, that person's thumb is about 2 degrees across and that person's fist is about 10 degrees across. So you can use that as a way to measure angles on the sky to help you find M23. The cluster has an apparent magnitude of about 5.5, which is just barely at the threshold of what the average person can see without a telescope at a dark location. The large size and relatively high brightness of the cluster make it easy to see the cluster's brightest stars with just a small telescope, such as a telescope with a diameter of about 80 millimeters or 3 inches. When viewed this way, you should see a nice concentration of whitish stars in the center of this cluster. The important thing to do is to observe this cluster with relatively low magnification because the stars are spread out over such a wide area. Zoom in too much, and you may only see a few of the stars in the cluster. While M23 is a recommended amateur astronomy object, it's not nearly as interesting as a target for scientific analyses. It has appeared in a lot of surveys of open clusters, but it is not often specifically targeted for detailed study by itself. The last science paper that was written specifically about this cluster was in 1990. 
The cluster is thought to lie between two spiral arms in our galaxy. Or at least that was the expectation back in 1990. And it was thought that the stars in this location may contain fewer elements heavier than hydrogen and helium because the interstellar gas in this region also contains relatively few of these heavy elements. It turns out that the stars have about the same proportion of heavy elements as the sun, so that hypothesis turned out to be not true. Since then, M23 has mainly been treated as just one of a thousand clusters in various astronomical surveys. Having said that, you shouldn't let the lack of interest from professional astronomers put you off from getting a hold of a small telescope and taking a look at this cluster yourself. So that's my summary of Messier 23, also known as M23 or NGC 6494, and the location on the Earth's surface that corresponds to the position of Messier 23 in the sky is in the Pacific Ocean, about halfway between Lima, Peru, and Rapa Nui, also known as Easter Island. Not really a very distinct part of the Pacific Ocean, but there it is. If you like this podcast and would like to find out more information, or if you really hated this podcast and would like to inflict more misery upon yourself, you can visit the website at www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can go to the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those objects, and send me random feedback. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de, which is distributed by filmmusic.io under a CC 4.0 attribution license. The sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening.